guys, welcome to the very first episode of the Jared Brown podcast. Uh, yeah, thank you for tuning in. I just thought I'd mention quickly the reason why we've called it the Jared Brown podcast. Firstly, it sounded a little bit douchey and I was a bit turned off by calling it my own name, but obviously after doing some research and you know, looking at the guys that I look up to in terms of the podcast world, it turned out that it's a pretty common thing and yeah, it also keeps the landscape quite open in terms of what we discuss on here um, and we don't just sort of pigeonhole it in terms of just keeping it just health and fitness or just performance-based or just, uh, you know, interviews with certain people or certain people from certain areas. So the Jared Brown Podcast is the name and I intend to bring a range of guests on here ranging from health and fitness professionals, mindset coaches, uh, business development coaches, anything that can bring value to you as a listener, I aim to try and do that here in this podcast. So let's jump straight into what, uh, where I've come from in terms of a health and fitness standpoint and basically how I started. Because obviously, if you're listening, there's a good chance you've come through to here based on either, you know, the fitness environment or, you know, clients of mine and the network through the fitness industry. So pretty much <clears throat> I've always been active and trained a lot uh, in my sort of childhood years, loved training, loved just getting active, playing sports. So I grew up a lot and as I grew up, I played a lot of basketball, became obsessed with that. That played at quite a high level, a lot of, a lot of rep basketball and, you know, had the, the dreams of playing college ball and then trying to go professional like most kids in their, in their teenage years. And from there, uh, in terms of a gym aspect and training aspect, which I'm sort of more a part of now, which started back then, was obviously started playing at Box Hill Senior in the, uh, the high school team there. And then part of that as you start growing up is and getting bigger and playing against bigger players is you start doing strength and conditioning. So with the basketball program there, we uh, began weight training, we began conditioning training. And yeah, so that was where I sort of initially started seriously. I guess you could say I was just like most other kids as well where I would have, you know, I used to play around with weights in my room when I was like 14 and 15 I'd come home from school or come home from my part-time job at Target, uh, the shopping centre. I'd be working on the door for a few hours, finish work, race home, grab my dumbbells and my bench press in my room and, and try not to break a window or smash a window and cause havoc. So I used to do that and I remember I used to watch Rocky movies and a lot of the old, uh, the old action 80s movies and early 90s movies where you'd have these shredded Hollywood stars and they were jacked up and they were, you know, pretty cool dudes. So I used to try and replicate that from a pretty young age as well. But the serious training was more so when I was playing basketball, led into performance um, training to help get us better on the court. And in that progression, when I was like 17, 18, and, you know, I was going through high school, almost finishing up, I sort of realised that I started loving being in the gym more than being on the court. And I had a few injuries through basketball, which sort of, uh, I'd say, put me back a little bit. But that then allowed me to be in the gym more, just not on the court as much. So pretty much 
I had the injuries that were, you know, debilitating from a basketball point of view, but I could still train the gym. So found myself in the gym more so, and I started to enjoy it more and more. Then the balance sort of went out of whack, and I actually enjoyed training more than I liked playing. Made the switch over to being in the gym more, and decided to, uh, yeah, give weight training more of a crack, and take it more seriously, start doing things like actually training legs and, and doing the more the hard yards that was sort of required to progress your physique and improve those those bigger lifts like squat and, and bench press and things like that. And then from there, I uh, competed in a few bodybuilding shows. Um, in Victoria, uh, I was obsessed with bodybuilding from the ages of about 18 to 22, 23, I'd say. That young age when a lot of, lot of young guys sort of start finding the weights and they start seeing some improvements and getting those quick newbie gains that we speak about because, you know, your body's very uh, responsive to training and, and all of those sort of things. So got me to there and then I sort of just maintained a similar style of training throughout most of my 20s. Um, but, yeah, that's just my basic background for those who didn't know. Back when I was I was younger, playing basketball, then to the gym, then taking it more seriously, then competing and had thoughts of competing again sort of in my mid-20s. I had a few decent injuries as well, which sort of sent me back, but I kind of also lost the love for it in terms of a competing aspect. And that's something I'll go into on another podcast uh, as to why I think I sort of branched away from the competitive side of, of bodybuilding and, and physique contests like I have now. But yeah, like I said, that's a new topic for another day. And right now we'll just stick to this first podcast bring you guys some, uh, hopefully some good listening and go from there. So today's podcast, basically, I want to try and just shed some light on um, a few of, the th- few of the three or four tips that I used or things that I would tell my younger self when I first started training in the gym because I think hindsight is one of the most, you know, it, it's, it's something that can give you so much more clarity and perspective once you look back on something. However, in the moment, it's not possible to usually see the same lessons being learnt at the time or the same mistakes being made. So the first tip that I will go into that I'll give my younger self is pretty much, and I see it so common these days because, you know, everyone wants everything now. We want we want everything done yesterday. We want the six-pack achieved yesterday. We want the big squat achieved, you know, last week. We just want – we're in, in such a instantaneous world now. Probably doesn't help from the fact of things like, you know, the internet and our phones and everything like that that can give us such instant gratification or such instant, um, I guess, results of what we're trying to get, whether it's trying to order a movie online, trying to order food, trying to update your status on, on um, Facebook, something like that. It's like we're in such an instantaneous world now where the click of a button gives you most things that you want so quickly. So with that, in terms of training, when I look back now and I look at younger kids at the moment who are, say, 20 years old, um, just for a reference point, I'm 29 right now, and I see kids who are 19, 20, and they want shortcuts, which is understandable. Everyone wants the fastest path. That's, it's almost like human nature. 
but I think it's also enhanced from things like the social media and also things like, um, you know, all these apps that can give us what we want right now as well. So the first point is managers don't rush the process of trying to improve your body, your performance in the gym, uh, improving all the main parameters that we look at when start when usually when we start training. Most people start training to change their body to start with, then they find other reasons that it's also beneficial for as well, like their mental health, self-esteem, how they view themselves, all those sort of things as well. So not rushing your training and taking care of your body will be the best investment long-term that you can probably do, okay? I've had a few injuries that have been quite... Uh, I'd say not debil- debilitating in a sense of I couldn't train properly. Um, you know, I wasn't like on my deathbed or anything like that. But I had, I've had some injuries, like I had hip arthroscopes that sent me back a fair bit, which probably should have been looked at a long time ago. But, um, you know, I just didn't worry about it. I was sort of told there were other injuries and I've probably sort of misdiagnosed a little bit as well. Now, being on top of your body and understanding... The, the key fundamentals with activation, um, injury prevention, proper warm-ups, recovery, lifting properly, appropriate technique, the list goes on. These, these single topics alone will help you tenfold in years to come. And it'll also, short to midterm, increase your performance output as well and your progress. The reason being, injury is one of the number one things that is like a huge throttle on your, on your progress or success. Key point, key point being that if you look at the top sporting teams globally, often a very big indicator of a team winning a championship or a season or creating some sort of dynasty within a, a, a certain time frame, one of the big factors is did that team have injuries present or not? Were they injured? Did they have a, a large injury rate? Were they ha- did they have players in and out? Or did they have players who played majority of the season? For those who are AFL fans, when Richmond won their first flag most recently, I think it was 2017, they were one of the clubs, one of the top clubs with the least amount of injuries that year. And it, the evidence shows we won the flag quite convincingly that year. But... Like, it, it just shows that when injury is present, you just cannot perform. So if you do your due diligence on your uh, muscle activation, warming up properly, uh, getting joints more, more mobile, doing the necessary things that are the boring things, the small one percenters, which, yeah, no doubt, they're a pain in the ass. I don't like doing them every day. If it takes me 30 minutes a day to do them, it's not usually that enjoyable. However, it's a small investment that I know will pay off in you know six months time or a month's time or 10 years time i always try and think long game so i don't want to stop lifting when i'm 40 or when i'm 50 or 60 i want to keep lifting till the day that i drop dead so if you can adopt that similar mentality it will allow you to not only perform better in the mid to short term but also the long term as well preserving your joints keeping your body healthy is a massive indicator that can be used in terms of keeping you healthy and ensuring you are progressing along the way without being injured. So using that as the first point, um, it's, it sort of leads into the next part is if I was younger, 
and I could look back and tell myself, you know, key things to look out for and do. The second point would be try and look up to and seek quality coaches in your life or in your network. Now, I think because I had some injuries when I was younger, I was able to sort of be probably a little bit ahead of what I had been if I had not had the injuries. However, looking back now, I probably would have reached out more to people to ask, um, you know, help for, get guidance, be willing to invest. When I sort of hit probably 24, 25, I started to invest a lot more heavily in myself. And when I say invest, I mean I was able to, uh, I started investing more money, investing a lot more time, and just really honing in on improving every aspect that I possibly could with my body, my mind, um, even like business development, all these different things where I could improve and learn, okay? If you're not interacting with other people or consuming information or knowledge or content, you're stagnant. You're not learning. You're not progressing. You're literally just sitting there stale. So when I say that, we're so lucky in today's day and age that the internet is so readily available. There are so many coaches who provide information. Um, there are so many resources now, whether it's ebooks, online workshops, coaching modules, podcasts, YouTube videos. Um, I'm talking more digital stuff right now due to the current, you know, COVID-19 issue going on. But, you know, when, there's aren't, when there aren't uh, social restrictions going on, things like uh, workshops, weekend retreats, um, one-day events, simple one-on-one sessions with, with coaches and, you know, practitioners, rehab specialists, movement specialists, list goes on. When I was younger, I used to reach out to a lot of different people and, you know, sometimes I wouldn't even get an answer back, but I would always email people, especially if I'd been to their courses or their workshops, and just try and learn more. But to look back, I would probably even amplify the amount that I did and I would do more. So pretty much if I just say I sent uh, 200 emails over the course of eight to 10 year period, I would probably try and double that. That might sound like a lot of, you know, a lot of harassing people, but if you're genuine and, you know, you've invested in the, the coach or the person you're seeking, they'll probably appreciate that you've actually reached out and they'll, they'll actually enjoy seeing that you're trying to progress yourself further than just go to their course and then forget the information you've learned the next day or the next week. So if people see you're trying to learn, most good coaches and decent people will try and help further that for you and improve uh, what you're trying to learn and get better at. And we're keeping a time on today just so that we don't go crazy. We've only got 15 minutes in, which is pretty good so far. I'm going to try and keep a lot of these podcasts about 30 minutes to start with. I don't want to sit here and bore you guys. I don't want to just ramble all day long. I want this stuff to be quality content that you enjoy and you know, hopefully hear your feedback afterwards and then hear about topics and questions you'd love to send in that we can also answer during uh, the the podcast as well. And one other thing I will mention, I do say I'm um a lot, so I'm definitely trying to consciously not say I'm um as much, but I am known for saying it and I'm trying to reduce it. So if I say it a lot, bear with me. It's slowly going, it's reducing, and we are getting there, I think, I hope. 
The third point for today is, again, looking back, younger self, is just be willing to help others in your environment and just have fun with this whole thing. Like health, fitness, training, uh, bettering yourself. You've got to have fun with it as well, I think. Again, these are all my my observations, my personal, I guess, opinions in the end. These aren't facts. These are just the ways, ways that I've seen it based on my time in the industry and based on being in the gym environment for the last, say, 12, 13, 14 years, really. And it's when you're younger, I think it's... You're, it's very much like a mentality coming out. I know this is what I was like even. It's very like me, 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 dog eat dog. If I help that person, that then takes away from me progressing myself. And I think looking around now, I definitely still see it with the younger guys. They're a little bit, uh, what's the word? They're a little bit, not reserved, but they're a bit held off from kind of interacting and helping others. Now, obviously, people are introverted. I was very introverted when I was younger, and I guess that can come across as rude sometimes. So not so much in the fact of being introverted, but just be willing to help others if you can see that they need assistance. People who are younger and less experienced, we all know how scary it is the first time you go into a gym. I was generally a pretty confident person when I was younger, but I was also quite introverted. I didn't didn't talk a lot, and I wouldn't really socialise too much either. So I was probably confident enough to not be like really, really, really anxious of going to a gym. But if I went to a new gym, a new environment, I'd be shitting my pants. <clears throat> so I'm sure we've all been there where going to a new place is quite daunting and and scary almost. So if you see someone who's struggling or looks a bit, you know, um, out of place or nervous or anxious, just even just connect, just communicate, say hi to them, just say, hey, man, how's it going? You don't have to stand there and give your advice and try and coach them or teach them for half an hour because that can come across, they can, that can be interpreted as the, the person might get a little bit uh, you know, offended, which I've had before. I've offered help with someone and it's blown up in my face and they've you know, rejected it and told me to fuck off pretty much. But like, just being friendly in terms of communicating, if someone looks a bit lost, just say hello. It can go a really, really long way. And without trying to sound like, you know, oh, back in my day or in, you know, in the hindsight of things, but this is what this first podcast is about, is the hindsight that I'm giving to my younger self, uh, you know, quotation marks, for those who are just listening and not watching. I think by being more open to communicating with others and being, allowing yourself to be vulnerable by potentially being told go away or getting or being given a, a one-word response by the other person and then seeming awkward or a bit uh, not welcome, I think that will greatly in- increase the chances of giving you the, the higher chance or the more chances of creating more fulfilling relationships in your life as well. I know it's worked for myself. I've tried and tested it myself as well. I know that if I had been more open to communicating when I was younger it probably would have led to a lot more fulfilling relationships in terms of um, friends who could have become family, as in like a real close circle, uh, maybe even partners perhaps, you know, if you hadn't met like a girlfriend. Um, But also with the fulfilling relationship part, it opens the door for more interactions to also learn more. 
You might reach out to a, to a younger person or a newbie who actually knows more than you, but they're just lost on a certain exercise and then you two become friends and you learn a lot more in the end anyway. By staying very closed off or not open to the idea of communicating or helping others, it I think it greatly limits your opportunity to learn, grow and create those meaningful relationships that, that I think ultimately when you look back in life are one of the main things that we're here for. So without trying to get too in-depth and sound all a bit, you know, spiritual and uh, not lovey-dovey but sound a bit off the deep end for our very first podcast, looking back, the meaningful relationship is what made the gym environment so fun and enjoyable and such a cool place to be a part of in the first place. So being even more open to communicating, helping the newbies, creating this really nice culture, a fun culture to be around, having fun with it as well, is what it's all about. It's not it, it goes beyond, I think, just the weights and the, you know, the squats and the deads and the protein shakes and all that. Which I think now as well is why people I think one of the big reasons during the current COVID-19 crisis that's going on and the reason why a lot of mental health and, you know, people's emotional states are sort of being um, affected in a negative ways because for those who are more isolated with, say, like, you know, limited family, limited family and friends or limited, um, you know, they don't live with anyone, live on their own or they're truly isolated... It's because we're lacking that, that human interaction, that human connection, which, again, comes back to meaningful relationships. A lot of things that I've looked into and, talk, and you know, read about things where, like, you know, nurses or uh, people on, their, on their, you know, their deathbed, so to speak, sounds quite morbid, but it's true. A lot of them say that they wish they had better and more meaningful relationships in their life or the things they, re- they, they regret, if they have any regrets, is that they lack the meaningful relationships and the, the contact or interaction with people or friends or family or, you know, colleagues or, and, and all those sort of types of people throughout their life. So right now with COVID-19, people have less of that as well because we're isolated. We're not seeing friends and family as much for those who are truly isolating if we live alone, you're not really seeing people either. So if you have housemates, you aren't, you know, if you if you were to have housemates, you'd be seeing them. Or if you had friends who come around and vice versa, you would go see them. And I think looking back, I think we as time goes on, we actually tend to truly appreciate those meaningful relationships more so than like the weights or more than the bench press, more than the six pack that we achieved in a six month period, more than building a pair of glutes. So yeah, being open to communication with other people, having fun with it and, you know, helping those, the newbies who were there and they were there, they're there just like how we were when we first started, when you first started in the gym. Um, and like I said earlier, it, it can seem very daunting when you're there on your own in a gym and it gets a new place or a new gym. So reach out to those who are there. 
Um, if someone's struggling, help them out. Be open and be vulnerable to communicating and talking. Like it's, it's a, yeah, I think it's looking back is it's a lot more enjoyable when you find the meaningful relationships and that there. But I'm starting to ramble now. And I can tell I'm rambling. So we're going to cut it there. That was the third tip. Basically, uh, yeah, that's it, guys. We're about 25 minutes in. So thank you for listening. Uh, I'm not too sure what we say here. I think it's subscribe podcast. I think it's subscribe. Subscribe, like, tag, hashtag, do all those. Share it if you enjoyed it. Um, And I will be putting up more things like questionnaires where we can get some solid questions coming in. Um, Keen to get some cool guests on here as well where... Some will be more informational, educational. Some will also be like just shooting the shit for half an hour, having a bit of a laugh, creating those meaningful relationships like we just spoke about and just trying to trying to genuinely have a good time with it. All right. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, subscribe and I will see you all on episode two.